This is the qualified. The qualified. The qualified. The qualified. The qualified with Ryan Huff. What's going on, Qualified family? Hope you're having an amazing day as always, and welcome back to The Qualified. Y'all, where the ultimate goal is to empower you to chase your potential and live a life that makes what? Come on, I know you know it, that positive impact. Y'all, what is going on? I hope you had a super sparkly weekend. It was absolutely amazing for me. I hope it was the same for you. And you know what? If it was not, if it was kind of a tough weekend for you and you had a lot of stuff going on in your life, guess what, dude? The bad things in life never last forever. Tell you what, I remember the week of August 20th uh, when I was struggling with a lot of, you know, several things in my life, namely being my mom telling me she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer. Dude, that was a tough week, but guess what? Life kept moving forward and life kept going. So I encourage you though, I just felt led to say this automatically off the bat. If you're going through a tough time right now, encourage you with this, man. Life only gets better. You know, life only gets better. Isn't it just the best, best thing that for every night day comes from that? You know, for example, every, for every winter, there is always a spring. So I encourage you with that, man, whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing in life, it will not last forever. Y'all welcome to the qualified. My name is Ryan Huff. I'm your host. Thank you so much for listening. This is episode number 68 and alas, it was supposed to come out yesterday, but I've just kind of realized that, uh, <laughs> I shouldn't try to release episodes on a Sunday because my weekend just gets going super quick and super fast. So I need to start, I think probably what I need to do is just record these earlier instead. Um, cause I typically just record them on the day and then go from there. Uh, but I need to do that earlier because if I say I'm going to release it on a Sunday, it needs to be released on a Sunday. So we will make a point to do that this coming Sunday. Anyways, y'all, um, if you are new to this podcast, the reason this, qual- well, first of all, thank you for listening. First of all, thank you so much for that. Second of all, the reason this podcast is called The Qualified is because I believe we are all qualified to make a difference in the world we live in. However, there is a massive difference between having potential, you know, being qualified to do something great in your life and actually going out, taking the steps necessary on a consistent basis to make that difference into a reality, which is why on this show, we discuss topics, ideas, strategies, things I've done in my life, as well as things of very inspiring guests that I've had on the podcast and many more to come that they've done in their life that have helped to make a change. And y'all, the ultimate goal, really, I mean, ultimately you want to make that empower you to do the change and to make, you know, have, you know, have you live a life that makes a positive impact. But we also want to do this, that you use the information that you get out of this podcast as well. Dude, not just with my podcast, but with any other amazing podcast. There's a lot of other incredible podcasts out there, not only, not just myself, but a lot of other amazing people out there that you need to do. Whenever you get information, what you do need to do is implement it, man, especially if it's something that's applicable to your life and that can change your life and move it forward in a better direction you got to keep doing that, man. You can't just listen to something about, oh, that's cool. That's dope. And then not do anything with it, man, because knowledge by itself is not enough. So I encourage you with every episode that you listen from the qualified or any other amazing podcast that you would please use the information. Additionally, if you've been listening for any, you know, tractor period of time, man, thank you for that. And uh, welcome back if you're already, if you're already partly qualified family. But additionally, if you've been listening for a period of time, would you please do this? Would you please tell someone about every episode that we do? Especially if you know, especially whenever you get value out of it. And the reason I ask, just like letting someone know, sharing it out with a friend, screenshotting it, or giving us a shout out on your social media, or whatever have you. The reason I even say that is because the more eyes and ears that we have on this podcast, the better ability we have then to make an impact in someone's life in a positive way 
who might not have known about us before, right? I mean, I know I can speak from personal experience. I know the benefit of having one word spoken in my life at the right time, how that has the, has, how that has the ability and power to dramatically improve the quality of my life. And so I know you know that to be true as well if you've ever experienced that. So if you could share this out with a friend when you get value out of it, I'd really appreciate it. And that would be absolutely incredible and help us make even more of a positive impact. And y'all, speaking of positive impact, there's an organization I started called Qualified Apparel that feeds families across America by selling apparel. And I'm proud to say we're at 11,000 meals provided to date for families across America, which is pretty, pretty dang incredible. And y'all, this week um, I'm working to close a deal that's going to provide 8,600 meals, which is going to bring our new total to 19,600, which is absolutely incredible and i have the qualified family all of you find people who have done business with us in the past to thank for that because that is absolutely incredible and i can not accomplish that myself so all the glory to god and all the thanks be to you guys as well for making that happen anyways y'all if you want to check out that link for that is in the description qualified apparel feel free to check that out and without further ado let's get into this episode y'all this is part two of my series talking about basically just getting a little more vulnerable with you guys and sharing a lot, a little more of the journeys and struggles in my past, if you will, and the things that I've overcome. And, uh, but I say I overcome, you know, I say that, but really what it's all about, what it's going to boil down to is giving glory to God and um, not pushing my religion or my faith on you, I should say, um, in any, in any stretch. However, I am going to tell you exactly what happened and how God intervened in my life and helped me to overcome dude, this one actually is going to be a funny, a fun episode. I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this one. So um, how God helped me overcome an addiction to thievery, shoplifting, stealing, being a thief, basically Aladdin and I, man, we, we're neck and neck, man. You know, be, you know, I hope you got that reference. Aladdin was a thief. Stop. Anyway, whatever. I'm a big Disney fan. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, dude, your boy was a, uh, was a thief, a shoplifter, man. And I'm, I, honestly, I was pretty good at it too. And, uh, I started, Geez, I think I started shoplifting whenever I was younger, about, oh gosh, maybe around 10, maybe earlier than that. I remember like stealing, you know, packs of gum from the store, candy bars from the store or whatever have you. And eventually got to the point where I was just getting a lot better at it. Like, uh, for example, I remember going, I'm, I'm going to try to my best to leave out certain retailers as to not incriminate myself. Granted, this was years ago, well over 10 years ago. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Anyways, I just want to Take myself just in case. So anyways, there was a, uh, one of the major retailers, probably the biggest, one of the biggest stores in the world. There was a, I'm just going to give you some examples of, of, of what I would do. <laughs> we'll get into the testimony here in a second. So, uh, for example, I would go into this one store and I would, uh, I would always steal CDs, right? This is back when CDs were super popular. This is before, um, before iTunes got really big and before MP3s got really big and, uh, well before Spotify and Apple music and all that kind of jazz. So, there was this one aisle in particular in this one store. And so I would go ahead and I would pick up a few CDs and sometimes even uh, DVDs, matter of fact. And what I would do is I'd go in this certain aisle and, you know, there's no camera. For whatever reason, there was no cameras on this aisle. And, <laughs> and so I'd go and I'd put a CD in my, and like I lift up my shirt, put a CD in my front, you know, right underneath my pants in the front and then another, another CD right in the pants on the back. Then I'd proceed to walk over to the clothing section of, of this retailer and uh, I'd pick out a pair of jeans and a pair of shirt, you know, and a shirt or whatever. And then I'd go to the dressing room, you know, get a, you know, get a thing for two items or whatever have you. 
And uh, I'd go and I'd, you know, put the clothes in. I didn't have any desire to shop at this place. I just needed some clothes for this for one purpose. So I walk in and then I had my, um, I had my pocket knife that I had with me. So I, I tear open the CD. I take the album cover and I take the CD itself. I put the CD and the album cover in my back pocket in my pants or my jeans, whatever I was wearing. And um, then I would put the CD case inside the pocket of the jeans that I get off the rack, put that in there <laughs> and uh, proceed to take the, that stuff back to the rack, put it back on the rack. Basically, so there's an empty album cover and an empty album, an empty CD case, I should say, all, sitting on the rack now in a new pair of jeans. I put that there and just walk out of the store with no security tags or anything like that. That was like the start of it, I should say. I mean, it was it was also earlier, like I'd, I'd be stealing DVDs from, you know, flea markets and such. And uh, yeah, just stupidity, man. <laughs> it was just ridiculous. Like, for example, I remember uh, I got to the point where I got so good at it. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and let's, let's tell a story. So there was um, there was other times when I'd, I'd go to the mall, for example, and I'd still, you know, have my pocket knife and I'd have other like tools and such. And um, I would never actually take the security tags off of clothes, um, especially if they were ones that were like sewn in or like the ones they had had the magnet on, they had to take off doing that. Um, I actually never got the tools for that. Um, I looked at it online. Matter of fact, my dad saw my search history once on the computer and he was like, what is this? Why are you searching for that? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm just, just in case I buy something and, you know, the, ta <laughs> the tag is still on there or whatever. I mean, you just made up a lie or something, you know, it was just something stupid. Anyways, but I... um. Every time there would be like a tag of like, for example, there's this uh, one retailer in the mall um, that I go to a lot and stole a lot from. Gosh, this, this, this is ridiculous. It's it's pathetic, but it's just it's kind of it's hilarious to me now because that's like something that most people would never never anticipate about me today. And uh, but it's just a it's a part of the past. You know, it's a part of who it's part it's a part of what made me who I am today, if you will. So, anyways, so I was just part of my my testimony to say. And, uh, anyway, so I, I, you know, there was this, you know, so anytime there would be, um, I would always play it super cool. I was like a great thief, man. So I'd always be like super chill. I'd always be making conversation with people. I'm like, Hey, how are you today? And so typically though, whenever I would shoplift and I'd go on like my pillaging um, rants, my mom would actually help me out in a sense. She wouldn't, I mean, she would never be like an accomplice to my crime more so, but she would, uh, she'd go, she, we'd be going in town and she'd be going to run errands or whatever in, in town. And so what she would do is she just dropped me off at the, at the mall. And so I'd go and I'd, I'd go into like, you know, this one place called American Eagle and, uh, I'd go, I'd buy one thing and, you know, I'd get I'd, went off, off the clearance rack for that matter. And I'd be like, Hey, can I get a, can I get a bigger bag? You know, I'm going to other places and you know, that would tell me to consolidate stuff. And so they give me the biggest bag they had, which is my in. <laughs> and so I'd go in and I just, I just start pillaging, man. I go to other stores and it's like, you know, go in. It's like a majority of the time crazy too, is that at this point, like even higher end retailers didn't have security tags on their clothes. So I just go into the dressing room with a bunch of stuff and then throw a bunch of stuff in my bag and then walk out and be, you know, nonchalant about it. And it'd be awesome, you know? And so it even got to one point though, I was in this really, uh, there's a store that I can just describe it to you this way. Everyone in my generation, so 20, I'm 28, everyone in high school wore this certain brand along with their sister brand. Um, and you can always tell where they are in the mall by how much perfume and how much cologne is always permeating, or, you know, from the, uh, or how much cologne is always, you know, going down the halls from this one store. You can probably get, guess who it is from there, but I'm not going to say the name. Anyways, but I, uh, 
<laughs> so I remember, um, steal, you know, stealing some stuff from this place and I would always check the inside of this place cause they were no, noted, they were noted for, or they were known for, in my opinion, more so maybe this wasn't like public information, but like, in my opinion, they were known for always having these security tags that were very discreet and you never really knew cause they were lined in the, in, in the, on the inside of the clothing. And so I thought I had all the, all the tags out of this one shirt, for example, or out of this, out of all the stuff I was getting, I think it was a pair of jeans, a polo and a pair of boxers. And uh, as I'm walking out of the store, the alarm goes off, dude. And gosh, thank the Lord. It was just kind of a crazy way to thank God. But anyways, thank God more so that there was no one at the front door because um, whenever I whenever I the alarm went off, I'm like, oh, there must be something in my bag I didn't pay for, dude. And then I had the thought, I'm like, hey, moron, all the stuff in your bag isn't paid for. And so I rushed out of the store. Fortunately, like I said, there's no one at the front. I rushed out of the store. And my heart is racing at this point, man. <laughs> and uh, I get, I go out and I'm fine. But then every store that I went into from that point on, the alarm went off in every single store. Now, fortunately, the, all of them, they checked my bag. And, you know, there's obviously nothing in there because, you know, it was not from their store. That was the one that was stolen. But... Uh, it was just, it was bad. So I finally, when I get home that night, I realized that there was one security tag in this one pair of boxers that I didn't see. And I'm like, son of a gun. So from that point on, we got a little more thorough. So anyways, y'all, this went on for a long time. Um, I think I started shoplifting from stores around like freshman year of high school. And then I, I finally stopped in 2008. So I would have been a senior in high school for several years. It went on. And progressively got a little more, like I started getting a little, more ball, a little more ballsy and started doing more things and such. So eventually it came to the point where I did get caught. So I was at the mall again, and I'd stolen like a pair of jeans from this one place. I'd stolen two shirts from this other place. I'd stolen um, like a hoodie. I'd stolen season one and two of Family Guy from this other company that's out of business now. Um, I had stolen a, a CD as well from that same store. And uh, yeah, so I had, I had a bunch of stuff. I had a good, I had a good uh, loot, if you will, <laughs> a good booty, if you will. Arr. And so, anyways, but I, uh, so I remember going to this one store, this last store that I, that I, you know, don't go into anymore. But at the time, I did because I listened to a lot of rock music and a lot of rap and everything. Well, I still do, but not to the, not to the extent that I did then. And uh, I was like, you know what? I said, I'm just going to do one last shop. I know this place is notorious for having good band t-shirts and, uh, you know, especially hard rock band t-shirts. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can get anything from this place. So I walk in and I notice notably, I don't know why, well, I, kn I know what now why I ignored it because I was arrogant. I was cocky about my abilities. And so I noticed this, the lady who was working there, uh, she was watching me like a hawk man i remember like i just i remember like the uh her just like watching me the entire time through i even dude i even heard her say to one of her fellow employees hey watch that guy <laughs> like that that should have that should have been enough for me to be like all right bro this is not the place this is not the time go ahead and you know head on out and we're, we're good but instead i ignored the obvious warning signs and proceeded to go ahead and uh pillage so I thought she wasn't looking at me at one point. So I had these shirts that I wanted. I shoved them in my bag and then I walked, I was proceeding to walk out. Well, she stops me at the door and she goes, Hey, I saw you put those shirts in your bag. Of course I freak out now. Right. And mind you, dude, this is so stupid. Mind you, I have about 200, $300 in my pocket. I don't know why I brought cash with me on this whenever I would always shoplift, but alas, I brought cash nonetheless. So, but I offered her, dude, I'm like, Hey, I will give you $200 if you just let me go. And mind you, she's working at this place that is probably minimum wage, maybe just above that. So that's probably most likely 
a good portion of what her paycheck would be that she'd be making, you know, basically tax-free income right there. And uh, if she just let me go, but you know, there was a bigger, bigger plan in mind that was going on. The guy was behind the scenes here. So she goes, no, she said, I've let other people go before. I'm not going to let you go. And so anyway, so she holds me there and she calls security and the security calls the cops. And mind you, dude, I, I had thought, I had thought, and I, I'm grateful I didn't, but I had thought about running. I'm like, dude, you can run. I said, Best Buy is across the way from here. We can go over there. We can hang out. We can wait for a moment to come pick me up after we're done. But fortunately, as, as quickly as that thought came, it also left. And so, so security came and security called the cops. And uh, naturally, since they had seen that I had stolen from this store, they were like, okay, let's go and search his bag. And my, one thing that was cool though, I, I made a point while I was waiting to reach into my bag and put on this hoodie that I really liked <laughs> so, and put it on while I was waiting. And so therefore I got to keep that. And so they go into my bag and there's stuff from uh, other retailers that are in there. And so they call different retailers from, um, from, from, that, from the mall to come up and basically cross check to see if the merchandise that I had because of course dude listen how stupid this is they were asking me where my receipts were right and I'm like oh um, I threw them away after I went out of the store which does not make any sense whatsoever yeah you buy something right as you leave the store and then you throw your receipt away yeah great idea pal great 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 lie and so anyway so I go ahead and I uh, tell that lie of course it's that's obviously not not true and so they uh they call all these representatives from the store and um they uh, of course find out that you know obviously everything is stolen and I did however get to keep the CD and the DVDs because I told them you know a friend of mine dropped them off and they couldn't figure out where they came from which to me was kind of obvious I'm like there's only one store in this entire mall that sells DVDs or CDs but alas whatever so anyways so um after that uh the cops um you know what the worst thing about this whole story though is that the cops had to call my mom and uh so my mom came over and of course i was lying to the cops the entire time saying i didn't steal anything and my mom comes and she has to see me now in this kind of a smutty store actually it's like an adult you know more of a mature audience store uh, in the mall, you can probably get an idea of what it is. It's not like adult lingerie or anything like stupid like that. It's more, um, like just like, just like trashy kind of stuff. And, um, anyway, so I, um, so I go and, uh, my mom comes in and she looks at me with tears in her eyes and she goes, did you do this? And of course now I start crying. I'm like, yeah. And so, uh, which breaks my heart to, I had to admit that to her. And I, you know, granted even today, I'm like, Hey, occasionally I'll be like, Hey mom, remember when I got caught shoplifting? And she's like, yeah, don't remind me. So <laughs> obviously not the greatest memory of, uh, of my childhood. But, uh, anyway, so after that, uh, you know, I get banned from two stores in the mall for a year, I think a year or six months, something like that. And so I couldn't go in those stores at all. And, um, then of course my parents ground me or, you know, discipline me. I can't like go anywhere for, for a long time or whatever. I think I might've gotten spankings too. I forget. Um, but, uh, but yeah, dude. And then after that, so I, of course, you know, go to, go to teen court and, uh, by the way, yeah, teen court, holler at you, holler at you boy. And I met these really, I met these really cute girls that were there. Matter of fact, I forgot about those girls. And I actually, it was funny. I like how stupid of me, man. Like, oh yeah, there's really pretty girls that are at this teen court. Yeah. Quality people to meet <laughs> while you're in basically juvenile court. And, uh, yeah, you're, you're trying to meet women. What a moron. Anyways, this, this is so stupid, but I, uh, I kept in touch with one girl actually for a little while for that. So, so ridiculous anyways. But, um, so I remember being in teen court and, uh, of course they have, you get up on, you know, the jury 
and uh, get up on the trial or stand, whatever it's called, and uh, they'd have you tell what you did. So I, I, dude, I went into detail. I'm like, yeah, man, I did this. I was, dude, I was so cocky about it, and uh, so stupid, so so stu- you're so dumb whenever you're like, literally. I thought I was so cool doing this, but looking back with the benefit of hindsight now, and how I like to think I'm a little more wise now that I am then. I'm like, dude, you're such an idiot. You're like, that was so stupid. And anyway, so I remember, you know, talking about this and, you know, naturally I get, I get the maximum jury sentence time. I get three jury terms and then I get 40, 48 hours of community service, which is apparently it's the max on both ends. And so, uh, anyways, and that, you know, I served my time, <laughs> did my time, baby. I got street cred. Anyways, so I, uh, I go and I do that. And, um, after I actually, one of the coolest things that I did whenever I was doing community service was I was the... So whenever police are training police dogs, they have to have they have to make sure that obviously the dog is you know able to sniff out the right thing. So what they would do is they'd have me go hide in some office building or go hide out in the woods or whatever have you, and they'd have the dog come find me. And it actually it was, it was actually pretty neat. So, but um, I'd just basically sit there and just goof around on my computer or goof around on my iPod or not iPod. It was a Dell MP3 player from way back in the day that my, that my brother had that I got from him. And so I just listened to you know Birdman or Lil Wayne or something all the time. Anyways, so um, so yeah, that was my uh, first run in with the law. And after I got caught, what was funny though, when I I got caught, I didn't use that as an as a basically as a uh, wake up call, if you will, like, hey, bro, you need to change your ways. What I did was I used that information to be like, you know what, dude, the only reason I got caught was because I got sloppy, and so I got I got arrogant. So from that point on, I was you know I just got I got better. And, um, actually got to the point where I started turning this into a business, like a for-profit company where I would actually go into different retailers, which is just amazing to me why a lot of them did not have any security tags, but I would just go into these places, steal stuff and then go sell it online. Literally that that's exactly what I did. I did it several times. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until, uh, June or July of 2008, um, came along that fortunately my life actually changed. So I was going out to California and there was this, I uh, believe this, this, um, convention that was going on, a believers convention, uh, for Christians and such. And, um, I was going out there for that and it's funny, <laughs> actually funny story. So I used to be really, really obsessed with my image. Right. And got to the point, even when I was in high school that I would, I would, um, buy, I was, this was after I, after I got done shoplifting and such, but I would actually get to the point where I would spend all of my money on, um, on clothes. And I would just buy like all the money that I got from this job I was working on just spent it on clothes. Cause I had such an issue, such an insecurity, I guess more so is what it was of people thinking that I was poor. Right. And so my, I guess my association to that was if I wore an outfit more than once during the year in high school, then people might think that I was poor. So therefore I couldn't have that. Therefore I need to make sure I don't repeat an outfit. So dude, for the entire school year, uh, sorry for the, I think for the first, uh, I think for the, yeah, for the, like the first, like the spring, like the spring until like a uh, winter break. And then from winter break until, you know, May, whenever summer break comes along, those two different segments, like the first like block, like however many days that is, I didn't repeat one outfit. And then I started repeating outfits after the winter break or whatever have you, but I wasted so much money and even got to the point where I would like catalog my clothes. I literally would write down Monday wore you know, this DC shirt with these shoes, whatever have you, I made a point to never repeat outfits. And then, you know, of course I was wearing Ed Hardy and affliction and all that kind of jazz at that time too. So, oh man, anyways, so 
so that was it. So yeah, I started, you know, I started, you know, making a for-profit business and then this, you know, this convention comes along and my mindset was, I'm like, Hey, you know what? Since we have this convention come along, I need a new outfit. <laughs> so, uh, so I go and I shoplift to go to a Christian convention. Like how freaking ridiculous is that y'all stealing to go to, to an, to a event of the Lord, like goodness gracious. Anyway, so I, I go, <laughs> it's, it's this amazing. Anyway, so I go to this, you know, high end retailer and I steal a bunch of stuff and get ready for this place. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm looking great or whatever have you. And, uh, uh, anyways, but I didn't realize what God had in mind at this place. So I'm at this, I'm at this convention and they have a youth, a youth group there as well. So I'm going to youth every night. And there was this play that they had one day. Now, mind you, y'all, I'm still I'm still dealing with suicidal thoughts at this time, and I'm still dealing with ad- addiction to pornography, and also obviously dealing with you know shoplifting and such. And there was this night I couldn't tell you which night it was, but there was a night during youth. It was actually an afternoon service, and um, there was a skit that was being played by a man. So this men's ministry was called Rick Rayner, and it was Rick Rayner Ministries. Uh, they might have a technical name for it, but I'm pretty sure it's just called Rick Rainer Ministries. And so shout out to Rick Rainer, by the way. And uh, anyway, so I remember the skit was, it was um, it was gone, it was to a Lifehouse song called Everything. And actually, I'll go ahead and link the um, the, the video to this, uh, YouTube video to this uh, to this link um, down below. And um, so that way you can, you can see exactly what I saw. So that way, if you ever wanted to watch it for yourself, you're welcome to. So the skit goes, how the skit goes, how it portrays out, is it starts off with this woman, you know, who's, you know, she's got a black shirt on and, um, you know, this character who comes in, which is obviously Jesus, comes in and they start dancing together, right? And, you know, basically God gives her life and they start dancing together and just having a good time or whatever. And then all of a sudden this one thing comes in, well, this guy comes in and this guy comes in who, you know, is representative of like a boyfriend or romance or relationships, whatever, and gets in between her and God, Right. And then another gr- person comes in. I think it's a girl who has like to do with money or, you know, her physical image or whatever have you and gets in another spot, gets in between her and God. And then another thing comes in. I think it's a drug addiction and she gets addicted to this and gets in between her and God as well. And so like it's just one thing after another. It just gets further and further between her and her relationship with Christ. And till it got to the very end where, you know, as the song builds and everything gets to the the climax of the song, as the song builds, it gets to the very end where a suicidal thought comes in or suicidal tendencies come in and she's literally in a spot where she's on her knees and she's got a gun to her head. And um, I can almost get emotional thinking about this video because it's just powerful, man. It's just a, cha- a changing point in my life. And uh, mind you, by the way, mind you at this time to backtrack a little bit. I was, I guess, Christian by title, but there was no heart change at all in me. Like I was not reading my work Bible. I was not tithing. I was not doing anything um, that would let anyone know that I was a Christian um, (laughs) by my actions whatsoever. On paper, technically I was, I guess, but I think I was still cussing pervasively. I was, you know, just looking at porn all the time and just... Yeah, there was no, none of my actions were lining up with the fact that, oh, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a Christian, you know? So um, anyways, so, uh, so yeah, so the, you know, at the very end of this, uh, this skit, so the, um, you know, the girl's on her knees and she's, you know, got a gun to her head, like, you know, about to kill herself. And she's finally like, she goes, no, and she throws the gun down and she starts running back to God. Well, in this skit, since there are so many people that are between her and God, that's God's on the other side, 
she's trying to run towards these people and, and all these people are literally pu pulling her back and throwing her back. And mind you, while she's doing this, her black shirt, which does have little rips in the side, is getting pulled off. And what that's significant of is that she's going back to God, all these things that have been holding her back, all the addictions, all the lifestyle changes and everything that she's gone through that have separated her from the love of Christ. Well, God's love was still there always for her, but she didn't wasn't experiencing it, separating her from her relationship with Christ, I should say. There we go. As they're pulling her back, they're also simultaneously ripping that shirt off for her. So till finally, at the very end, as the, as the song climaxes, God comes in and just throws himself in front of the, If you watch the skit, you can see this, but throws himself in front of all the other people that are trying to hold her back. He's literally arms, both arms out wide, and is holding them back, squatting down, like holding them back and everything. And the girl falls down in front of Jesus and is worshiping her. Now, instead of wearing a black shirt, she's now wearing a white shirt, right? It's just representative of like going through that changing process. And eventually, you know, God, you know, comes in and he just throws everyone back and everyone lands on the, on the ground. And then at the end of it, you know, he, he and he and his girl basically are dancing again. And they're having that relationship again, having that fellowship again. It's super powerful skit. And I really encourage you to watch it. Well, after that, of course, they give an altar call, you know, and, you know, everyone, I'd say probably all 95% of the entire audience went up to the stage and it was a powerful skit. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I, I was one of the ones that stayed behind. And the reason being in my head, I was like, dude, I don't have any issues. I don't have anything I'm dealing with. Everyone else is just, I guess I was thinking in my head, everyone else is just weak and, you know, and they got things they're dealing with. I don't have anything I need to overcome. And so, uh, based off of that, I was just sitting there and I was, you know, I was just like, dude, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And f dude, I, I, there's no other way to describe it other than God just came over me. I, I describe it as this, like the Holy spirit just came over me, man. And what happened was I just, I just started to, I felt this presence. I don't, I, like I said, I don't, there's no other way to describe it. I felt this presence has come over me and I just start crying out of nowhere, dude, just start bawling like ugly tears and just like getting all, I just fell on, I was fell on my knees and both hands raised in the air, just sobbing uncontrollably and like, God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And like, dude, that, <laughs> that was the change that happened that God took the addiction to shoplifting away from me. Like from that point on, I had zero desire. Like my heart completely changed. I had zero desire to steal anything. Now granted, I might steal a girl's heart here and there. Ah, where's my wife at? Where's Mrs. Huff at girl? Where you at? <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. But seriously though, like from that point on, I never had desire to steal anything from that point on. And God just completely took that desire and just eradicated it from my life. And it was just a God thing. And I remember after service, you know, um, I rededicated my life back to Christ that day. And, um, like I said, God took, took that addiction to shoplifting away from me. And after that, I remember, you know, going up to my mom and meeting her at some restaurant or whatever after service and telling her, and, you know, obviously telling her in tears about what happened. And she, she could tell that there was a change in me and I'll come to find out she'd been praying for me up until this point. Cause she had seen me struggling and seen me going through some stuff. Apparently my dad was too. And, uh, yeah. So, um, that was, uh, that was the biggest change that happened in my heart. It was just a heart change where God just came in and just intervened and stepped into my life. And he was like, Hey bro, I got you. And you're not going to deal with this anymore. And that was a change, man. That's how I, that's how I overcame my addiction to shoplifting was through Christ and through Christ's intervention in my life. And his just 
love that permeated my heart, man. He's like, hey, I love you. I don't want you going down this road anymore. Because honestly, dude, honestly, if I had continued down that road, I, I don't know where I'd be at today. I, I honestly don't. I don't know where I'd be at today if it wasn't for God intervening in my life that day, uh, especially when it comes to shoplifting. Because this was actually prior to meeting Craig and prior to pre- meeting my mentor, which is going to tie into next week's episode and how you know overcame addiction to pornography. And uh, yeah, because I I would have never been satisfied with one thing. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have stopped with clothes. It, it's it's actually pretty ironic now. It's it's hilarious to me that I used to shoplift clothes, but now I sell clothes to, to make it a positive impact by feeding families across America. So it's kind of ironic how this whole thing has come full circle to where I used to steal stuff and now I, I sell stuff that was basically the same thing I used to steal. So it's, it's actually pretty funny. But anyways, but I, uh, I don't know where I would be today, quite honestly, y'all, because... I would have not have been satisfied with this only stealing clothes after a certain point. Eventually would have grown into bigger items and eventually would have might've gotten into, I don't know. I, I don't know where the possibilities would have ended. I mean, the possibilities were endless, I should say. And who knows where that would have taken me? Who knows where that would have brought my life to be wildly different from where it is today. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could be in prison today, honestly. I, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to me to think about the possibilities of what would have happened if God not had not intervened in my life that day. And uh, yeah, just God has had his hand in my life, man, for a long time now. And uh, it's, just, it's just wild to me how God intervened. And so I say that, dude. And the reason I even bring this up is because whether you're a Christian or not, God has a plan for your life. And God's plan for me wasn't that. It wasn't for me to just screw around and, you know, do things that were not conducive to making this world a better place, but ultimately were not conducive to making me a better person altogether either. And um, I just bring this up and say that God has a plan for you. And it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what your beliefs are. You're qualified to achieve amazing things. You're made for more and created for more than living a mediocre life and for just getting by and just, you know, dealing with depression and dealing with anxiety and dealing with suicide and dealing with lustful thoughts and dealing with pornography and dealing with different addictions and dealing with whatever, you know, you're not made to suffer through those things. You know, you're not made, you know, do pain, pain of the world is inevitable. You know, pain in life is, is inevitable. It's going to come. Suffering, however, is optional. So I just encourage you with this, man. What helped me in that moment. Now, granted, I'm not, let me, this is worth noting. After I rededicated my life to Christ, everything was not sunshine and rainbows from that point on y'all. I mean, I I feel like some people think like, Oh, I'm going to give my life to God and everything's going to be great. No, 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 no. Granted your quality of life has the ability to change as well. However, it's still going to take a constant process to make sure that you do not do the things you used to do as well. Now for me, I didn't have a desire to shoplift from that point on again. However, I still dealt with, I mean, still dealt with my issues with suicidal thoughts. I had still dealt with up until just this year, my issue with pornography and I'd still dealt with that. But dude, but bringing bringing God into your life and bringing God into your struggles. He loves you so much, man. He loves you so much. Like it's just, it's infallible the how much God loves us. I mean, he sent his dude, he sent his son to die for us on the cross, man, paying the ultimate price because we missed the mark. You know, sin, dude, sin can be fun, sin can be enjoyable, but ultimately though, 
It robs us of the ability to live life to the fullest that God has the ability to have us live life in this life as well. You know, I mean, because, dude, we can have a great life living in sin, you know, but to the point that it could be experienced living with Christ and having his having his having his kind of life and having his beliefs implanted on our heart and changing our heart beliefs. Dude, this book I'm reading called Moving Your Invisible Boundaries is absolutely incredible and really opening up my eyes to the realization that God has so much more planned for us if we allow him to move into our heart because God is a heart God and he speaks through our heart. And that's why the Bible is so adamant about talking about guard your heart, guard your heart, you know, whatever you think in your heart. So are you? It's like, it's anyways, it's just a lot of things that go on in the heart, but I just encourage you, man, that God's plan for you is greater than your plan for you and living with Christ and doing things like some people would have this idea that, you know, being a Christian you know, not, you know, not doing some things is going to suck. Dude, are you kidding me, man? having that fellowship and having that relationship with Christ. And like, honestly, dude, honestly, the times that, that before, whenever I thought I was having fun, when I was screwing around with women, when I was looking at porn all the time, when I was addicted to, you know, and I was still having the suicidal thoughts, whenever I was doing the crap that I've been talking about, I thought I was having fun. Honestly, though, y'all recently, since I've been reading my Bible more, I've been tithing. I've been reading, you know, getting into, you know, getting into more fellowship and doing other things that have helped me grow my spiritual walk. Not only that, but also growing my body and everything. I have, dude, the best times of my life have been absolutely recently. Matter of fact, like a lot of the best times of my life have been recently, and I've not been doing the things I've been doing in the past. So it's like, <laughs> so honestly, that bears true that whenever we live in fellowship with Christ, whenever we start growing our relationship with Christ, we have such an ability then to improve the quality of our life. So anyways, I just want to say that. And uh, guys, that is my testimony of how, you know, God just spoke into my life and came in with a mighty hand, essentially, and just picked me up and was like, dude, I got a better plan for you, bro. You're not going to be shoplifting the rest of your life. You're done. And uh, so, yeah, man, all the glory to God. And uh, yeah, that is today's episode, dude. So anyways, just want to encourage you guys with that. Gosh, you don't have to live the way you're living, man. Let go and let God, as the old uh, as the old saying goes. But man, life is beautiful, and I hope you enjoyed this episode, y'all. The seven hundred sixty-eight, and uh, yeah, man. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you've been listening for a little bit of time, would you please do this? Would you please hit that subscribe button? And also, leaving a five-star review on this podcast would mean the world to me, y'all. And if you could, if you have a minute to leave a written review, that would mean a lot as well. And the reason I ask that, those things, is because the more, the more reviews, the more subscribers, the more five-star reviews and written reviews that we have, the better ability we have to climb up in the charts and get in front of people that might not otherwise know that we existed before. And what does that bring? It helps us make an impact in their lives in a positive way and to empower them to chase their potential as well. So we can be part of that difference and be part of the change together. So I encourage you with that. Please do that as well. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. I hope this encouraged you. I hope this, man, hope you got learned from some of my insight that I was able to share today. And uh, man, it's just funny to me, like how life has just changed over the years and just like my testimony and everything of how God works. And uh, <laughs> it's pretty funny, but man, I wouldn't change it for anything and um, grateful for where I've been and uh, grateful for where I'm going. So anyways, dude, you can do the same. Your past does not equal your future. You can start changing your future by changing what you do today. Y'all, I will see you next week. Until then, actually, no, sorry. I will see you on Wednesday. Matter of fact, we got a new episode coming out on Wednesday. I will see you this Wednesday. Until then, 
chase your potential, and live a life that makes a positive impact. Talk to you all soon.